I love that quote. Your focus needs more focus. And it's also true when he said the only, there's only one person you really need to control, and uh, that person is yourself. Because what you and I focus on in life really does influence us to a great extent. You could say that what you and I focus on is what controls us and shapes us. So it's important that we, we learn how to focus as believers on the right thing in the right way. How many of you uh, took driver's education when you were young? Any, any of you? All right. Now, when, when I took driver's ed, one thing that I really remember that stuck that, that stuck with me is when you're driving and, and you see a car coming your direction, especially at night with the lights on, is you don't stare at, you don't focus on the oncoming traffic. Because if you do, what will happen to you? You'll gradually drift that direction and end in a wreck. It's, it's just the power of focus. Whatever you focus on, eventually you go that way. You drift that direction. It influences you, controls you. So it's really important in life. It's the same thing in, in, in your life as a believer, as a follower of Christ. What you focus on as someone who knows Jesus Christ is going to shape the kind of Christian you are. It's going to shape the quality of your relationship with Jesus Christ. And so today I want us to think about that and learn some things that can help us as believers focus on the right thing, and that's Jesus. Now listen. Just because you say you love Jesus, just because you go to church, just because you're a Christian, you're a believer, does not mean that in your life you are focused on Jesus. In fact, there are many Christians, many people who go to church all the time and their focus is elsewhere. They're distracted by all the stuff in life. So it's important that, that we learn what it means to focus on Christ and not be distracted. So would you join me with a in, in prayer so, so God can speak to our hearts this morning about our focus on Him? Let's pray together. Father, we, we love You, and Your love for us is, is beyond our ability to comprehend. But we acknowledge that sometimes we don't pay a lot of attention to You. We get distracted. This morning, Father, speak to our hearts, to our minds, to our will, to our souls. And, and draw us, draw our attention, our eyes, our focus to you, Jesus Christ. Amen. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and following. If you have your Bible, Colossians chapter 3, as we continue this teaching series on our real identity of being in Christ and Christ being in us. Colossians 3, verse 1, the Bible says, Therefore, if, and that's an important word, if you have been raised up with Christ, Keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Verse 2, set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Now look into your future in verse 4. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, the second coming, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. And I want you to notice that in verse 1, he begins by saying, if, if, there's a condition. And he says something similar in verse 3 when he says, for you have died. He says, everything that I'm getting ready to write, and therefore everything I'm getting ready to teach, is contingent on you being spiritually united with Jesus Christ. 
you being in a relationship, a saving, life-giving, life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. He says in verse 1, if you have been raised up, spiritually connected with the resurrection of Jesus, and therefore you've been raised to new life in him, you're a new person. And in verse 3, you have died with him. When he died on the cross, when you accepted Christ, spiritually united with that crucifixion, and the old you died and was buried. Now there's a new you, a new person, this union with Christ. It's what we've been talking about the last two Sundays, our true identity, our real identity, the, the new you. Do you, re do you remember all these, these lessons we've learned the last two weeks? Let's look at the next slide. That I am, that, that Christ is where? All right, are you ready to say it again? We're going to drill this down deep into our core. Christ is in me. I am in Christ. I am a saint. I am spiritually alive. I am fully forgiven. I am rescued from hell. I am given heaven. I am reconciled to God. I am ready to stand before God. I am a member of God's family. And I am completely saved if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And everything else flows out of that. That's who you really are as a follower of Jesus. And everything else builds on that foundation. So here's the question. How do you and I keep our focus on Jesus as we go about living day to day, doing all the stuff we have to do? Well, let me show you three things real quickly from this text. Number one, you need to look backward. You need to look to the past. Now, that's not the only place, but it is an important place. Look at verse 1 again. He said, therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of the Father. Been raised up with Christ, referring, as I said a moment ago, to your union with Christ, his resurrection, and therefore your resurrection to new life. Not just your 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 eternal life in heaven, but your new life here and now. You're a new person, a new creation in Christ Jesus. And as we saw a moment ago in verse 3, you have died and your life is hidden, hidden with Christ in God. He's saying, remember your salvation. Remember that? Remember that moment when you gave your life to Jesus and, and never forget it. Because in that moment, you started a new journey on a new path. You became someone new. And, and one of the reasons we encourage you to, to be able to write out your testimony and share it is obviously it's a great witnessing tool, a way to help others understand the impact of Jesus and how they, they can become a Christian. But another reason is to remember what Jesus did in your life, to remember where you would be today if not for that experience then and to celebrate it and be thankful for it. And, and by the way, the more you do that, the more encouraged you are and the more you want to tell other people about how they can have an experience with Christ as well. So, so look backward to your spiritual union, but that's, that's not enough. If you stay there, you'll, you'll just remain an infant spiritually. There's more. You also need to look forward. You need to look to the future. Look at verse 4. He said, when Christ, who is our life, is revealed. Now, that's referring to the second coming. When everybody will see him, every eye see Jesus, everybody recognize who he really is, every knee bow, every tongue confess he's Lord. There will be no question, no debate, no confusion, no different per perspectives, no different theologies, no different understandings, because in that moment when Jesus is revealed, every human being 
will know who he is. Is a public unveiling. But he also says, as, as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, on that day, guess what? You will be revealed with him in glory. You'll be there. If everything we said a moment ago, the if condition, the clause, okay, if you are in Christ, spiritually united with Jesus on that day when he's revealed to all of the universe, you as his follower, as his disciple, will be there standing in his glory. And it's his glory, but you'll be there. And you'll see it and experience it. And you don't have to you know, be over here like somebody who has no connection to him, you're standing there and his glory is shining on you because it just fills everywhere. You're part of that day. Look at look at this verse from the book of Jude, verse 24. Now to him, to, to God who is able to keep you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless with great joy. Now two things there. One, it says that God, because you are his children and all those things we said are true of you as a follower of Christ, God is able to do what? Keep you from stumbling. You know, when I was talking about driver's ed not focusing, when you drive, listen, when you drive, what you focus on, you drift toward, you're either going to focus on the wrong thing or the right thing when you're driving, or you're going to be distracted, you know, just looking around at everything, and two of those are bad because you're going to wreck. And in your Christian life, you can focus on the wrong thing or the right thing, or you could go through life distracted by everything going on and two of those in your spiritual life will cause you to have an accident spiritually. But the Bible says God is able to keep you focused if you cooperate with him on the right thing so you never wreck. So you're not a spiritual failure. So that you don't stumble. And the second thing is that God is able to to, to, to cause you to stand. Now notice this, not just stand spiritually in the here and now, but in the then and there. In the presence of his glory. What is that talking about? The same thing we just read in Colossians. God is able to take you on the judgment day when Jesus is revealed at the second coming and allow, enable you to stand with Jesus on that day in his glory, standing there sharing in his glory because your family it's like, hey, hey, parents, when one of your kids or grandparents, when one of your grandkids does something great and, and they're getting the honor, but you're standing there and you're proud as you can be and you're happy as you can be because their honor, guess what? You share in it, but it's theirs, but you share in it. I'm standing there with Jesus. It's his honor. It's not mine, but I get the benefit of being there. I share in it, and I'm excited because we're family, and there's love, and all those things are true of us. And he's able to have you stand there in his glory, as we saw last Sunday, blameless. Remember, one of the things we said is that you're already ready for that day to see God if you're in Christ. And because you're looking to the future, and you know, one day I'm going to stand there beside Jesus and his glory, I'm going to be blessed by that, and I'm going to be blameless and totally cleansed, and I'm going to have great joy on that day. When I know that is my destiny, and I look at my life now, why do I want to, to, to settle for less in the here and now? And so one way is to look to the future and remember who you really are and, and that that's your destiny. No matter what anybody tells you, that's your future. So don't, don't, don't throw it away just to have for a moment something that fades and is not nearly as glamorous as that. So look, look forward. But here's the third one. 
look up, look above, look up. Verse 1, if you, here's that clause again, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things where? Where, church? Above. Where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God, a, a way of referring to his authority and his deity. So keep seeking the things above. But, but focus on that phrase about where, where Christ is. Now remember, we've already seen all three Sundays what? We have a spiritual union with Christ. Christ is in me, right? I am in Christ. I have a spiritual union with Christ. And does the Bible, doesn't the Bible also tell us that we're never alone? He never leaves us nor forsakes us, that in every moment of, of every day in life, Jesus is with us. You're, we're never out of his presence. Is that not true? So focus for just, just a moment on that. Focus above. Keep seeking above where Christ is, seated where, where his authority is. And now look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6. Raised up with him, referring to that spiritual union through the resurrection of Christ, raised a new life, a new person, and seated us, notice this, seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. This spiritual union with Jesus is so powerful and so real, even though we are literally here and not in heaven, spiritually speaking, when Jesus is there, in one sense, we are. Let that sink in for just a moment. That Christ is with you and sees you but you're in him and he is in you and your connection to him, your connection to heaven is real and it's not just future. When we say that we're, we're saints, it's not that all of us are living perfectly godly lives, but we're all his, his possession, and we're there and, and, and that spiritual reality is, spirit, is, is true of us today. We just have to start acting So when you go to work tomorrow or you go to that club tomorrow, just remember that your spiritual connection to Jesus is so real, it is as though you're already sitting in glory. That's who you are. Don't act like you're somebody else. That's who you are. Now look at uh, verse 2. He says, set your mind on the things where again? Above, not on the things that are on, that are on earth. Wow. You, you, do you know what he's saying here? He, he's saying my past is Jesus. My future is Jesus, and my present is Jesus. It's all Jesus, all of life, not just when I got saved, not just in the future, but today, my past, my future, and my present. That's the reason. Look at verse 4 again. How does it begin? When Christ, who is our what? If, 
We have died and been raised with him. If we had the spiritual union with him, he is our life. Can, can I summarize all of this in one word? Lordship. To properly understand who I am as a follower of Christ, for you to properly understand who you are as a follower of Christ, all of this, all of this, all of this stuff we've been talking about three weeks now can be summarized under that union with Christ that says that that means ultimately He is Lord. And when we stand there in His glory and we hear all the people of the universe say, He is Lord, every knee bow, every tongue confess, We've already done it. If, if the first time you say Jesus is Lord is on that day, it won't do you any good to say it on that day because it's too late. For it to be effective in our lives, it has to happen now. He is our life. Now, look at verse 17 of chapter 3. Whatever you do in word or deed, whatever you say, whatever your actions, basically all of life, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Now, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. What does it mean to do everything in the name of Jesus? What does it mean to do something in someone's name means that you act in that person's authority and power. Jesus said, all authority is mine in heaven and on earth. And he gives it to us. When you're living your life as a follower of Christ, in Christ, Christ in you, you're not out there as some weakling. Whether the world sees you for who you really are or not, whether the world understands you or not, you are living in the authority of Christ. And he knows who you are. He knows where you are. And he can strengthen you, whatever the circumstance. It means we act in his authority and power. But it also means we act as his representative. And whatever we do, we do it to bring honor to his reputation. Not to hurt his reputation, not to shame his reputation, but to honor his reputation. We, we act as his representative. And it also means that we act in a manner that he prefers. We do what he wants, what he has for us, what he tells us to do. That's why 1 Corinthians 10.33 says, Whether then you eat or drink or whatever you do, just everything, whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. Again, the word for all of this is lordship. He's our life. Lordship. But let's get real for a minute. You and I live in the here and now. We, we live in a messed up world. We, we live in a world that has fallen, a world that is sinful, a world that's far from perfect. We live in a place that has beauty but also has a lot of ugly. And at times is really, really tough. So if we live in the here and now, how do we keep our focus on the then and there so we don't stumble, so we don't wreck? Now I've already said you've got to look back, look forward, look up, keep these things in your mind. Let me explain how it works. 
Any of you own a watch that has more than one time zone on it? If you travel internationally, it's a handy thing to have, a two-time zone watch. Because you're always doing this math in your head when you're somewhere else. What time is it back home? Anybody ever done that? <laughs> can get kind of uh, confusing. Our son-in-law, Evan, who's in the Air Force just uh, a little over a week ago, got back from his six-month tour in Kuwait. And so Jacqueline and the kids were with us a lot this summer, and it was interesting watching her because she had to keep track of the time, and, and I think Kuwait is seven hours ahead of the States. And she had to know his work schedule. And uh, so they were communicating at odd times for us because there's two different time zones involved. I remember a few years ago, <clears throat> I was in London, England on a mission trip, and uh, somebody, I won't mention who, called me. Now, the problem was in London it was 1 o'clock in the morning and I was sound asleep. They wanted to talk to me about something. It was 8 o'clock here in South Carolina, and they just got it on their mind and had to talk, so they called me. And I can't tell you, because it, it, it's not PG-rated, what I was thinking in my mind, because me and God had to get alone afterward, and I had to repent and ask God to forgive me for what I was thinking about that person. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> that person here in South Carolina needed a two-time zone watch. So how, how, how do we live in the here and now with a then and there focus? It's, it's, it's a two-time zone watch. We know where we are, and we also know where home is. You see, you and I as Christians get in trouble when we forget where home is. We... Lose focus and crash the car when we forget who we are in the here and now. Because even though the, the here and now is important, and, and, and this is where we live and work and, and, and love and, and build lives, the here and now is not home. The then there is. That's our true citizenship. That, that, that's, that's our family. We're, we're part of God's family. And, and I want my family to be part of God's family. So, yeah, you think right now I'm not talking to my grandkids about Jesus? But you see, if you think the here and now is it, And the then and there is just for them. You don't have to worry about it now. You only focus on the one time zone, this one, the here and now. You're not going to be sharing the gospel of Jesus with your relatives because you're not focused on that. You're not worried about that. You're not going to be sharing the gospel with your neighbors, with your classmates, with your friends. You're going to come up with excuse after excuse after excuse after excuse after excuse after excuse to do none of those things because all you really care about is the here and now because then there, hey, when I got saved in the past, that took care of that, and I don't have to worry about that until resurrection day. Wrong.
Because when I live with a two-time two zone watch, knowing that even though I'm in the here and now, the then and there is the real deal, then that shapes how I live and what I do and how I think and how I feel about the here and now. And everything that is part of my here and now. Now do you understand better what Jesus meant in Matthew 6.33 when he said, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, the, the now things, the earthly things will be added to you. It's not that the then and there is the only thing I seek. I seek, I, I have goals for this life. Don't any, any of you have goals for this life? Hmm? Anybody got a goal for this life? But, but you see, because we're in Christ and Christ is in us, guess what? Our goals in this life are influenced by and shaped by him who is our life by the then and there. When, it, when Jesus said seek first, he, he's saying in sequence. That, that comes first because you can't seek anything in this life the way a believer is supposed to, the way God wants you to, unless you're first seeking him, his righteousness, his kingdom. So it's first in sequence, but it's also first in priority. That's why that one shapes this one. That's where our focus is. Are you getting this, church? Are you getting this? So let's go back <clears throat> to Colossians 3 again, verses 1 and 2. Verse 1, he said, Therefore, because of all this, keep seeking the things above where Christ is. It literally means to seek something <laughs> passionately because you really want it. You want to possess it. It's it's, it's the idea of acting on what you really want, going after it. Do you want the things of God? Do you want the things of Christ? Do you want the things above? Then let it grab your heart. That's the reason the NIV says uh, your, your heart in that passage, even though heart's not the literal word here, it's the idea that you seek it with every fiber of your being because that's what you want. Now, if that's not what you want, guess what? You're not going to put much effort into seeking. But if Christ is in you and you are in Christ, that's what we go after. That's what we want. <clears throat> and then, then um, just keep seeking the things above. And then look at verse, verse 2. Verse 2. Set your mind on the things above. It's not only what you go after because you want it, it's also what you think about. It's what you focus on. It's, 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 it's what you plan for. It's it. It, it's it's on your mind every day. It's Christ, it's Christ, it's Christ. It's like driving that car. Now, you know the best way to keep from wrecking spiritually? Hmm. You know, we talk about focus and what we're getting distracted. You know the best way to not wreck spiritually? Is pull over to the side of the road, stop the car, and you get out of the driver's seat and slide over to the passenger seat. And let Jesus have the wheel. That's the best way to not wreck spiritually. Because if you don't do that, you're going to have some fender benders. It's lordship. It's, it's surrender. So, so don't let this world distract you. Don't, don't walk into a room 
and decide who you're going to be in that moment so you can fit in. Decide who you're going to be so you can impress somebody. Walk into that room and know who you are. Don't, don't, don't let this world, this life distract you. Don't, don't get so caught up in making money and so caught up in being successful that you compromise your values and integrity. That you neglect your family. And that you have a tendency to give Jesus just the leftovers. Don't let this world and the, this life distract you. Don't, don't allow other people and what they think about you to intimidate you. Because you know you're a child of the king. You, you know that you're in Christ and Christ is in you and you're forgiven and, and you're prepared to stand before the Lord and they're not. You know who you are. Don't be intimidated by somebody who's going through life focused on the wrong thing. So, let's remind us, remind ourselves again of who we are. Would you stand? And with heart, with heart, brothers and sisters, with passion, if, now here's the condition, if you have the spiritual union with Christ, if you don't have the spiritual union with Christ, none of these things are true of you. If you do not have this spiritual union with Christ, you need to come to this altar in just a moment. We sing this next song to one of our pastors and say, Today I want to be spiritually united with Christ, forgiven and saved and transformed, and know that I'm right with God. I want to give Jesus my life. But for those of you that, that are united with Christ, these things are true. So let's, let's, let's wrap this up one more time by just owning who we are. Are you ready, church? Are you, are you ready, church? All right. Because if you can't do it here, you're not going to do it at work. If you can't do it here among the family of God, you're not going to do it at your family reunion. If you can't do it here where we worship King Jesus every Sunday, you're not going to do it out there in the real places of this world. Is this who you are? Own it, own it, own it every day of life. Christ is in me. I am in Christ. I am a saint. I am spiritually alive. I am fully forgiven. I am rescued from hell. I am given heaven. I am reconciled to God. I am ready to stand before God. I am a member of God's family. I am completely saved. And I'm happy about it. <laughs> Give the Lord a hand.